The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Robert I'm your host. It is Friday, June the 3rd. We're going to continue on in our series of win totals, hitting the NFC North today. Joining me to do so, Amanda bears some resemblance to Ryan Fitzpatrick, just like myself. I guess that's just the beard factor. Tyler Sullivan, a.k.a. Sully, what's up, buddy? What's up, Bo? Yeah, it's definitely the beard. That's, that's really all it is. I right. wish I could grow a beard that long. I, I don't commit fully. I don't know if my beard will actually grow that long. I kind of get like the weird patches like around the chin, like it grows a little bit further. Oh, it's like a chia pet. It'll go a little bit further. <laughs> but then I'm like, okay, I got to shave that down because it just looks stupid. So like, my hair, like on my head, doesn't grow long. It yeah. grows like into a giant mushroom. Okay. That's kind of what, what, what Fitz has going on, right? Yeah, like I don't know that I could ever grow my hair down to my shoulders. Like I legitimately, I've never tried, obviously, but I don't know if I could. I mean, I guess if, eventually it would weigh itself down and but that's like another thing too if you try to go like there is that awkward phase that you have to fight through when you're growing your hair out like a buddy of mine did it during college because he played football and he wanted to have his like hair come out of his helmet and all that stuff just for whatever reason and there was a summer there was a summer where it was real awkward yeah my my hair just won't my hair is not like that thin like it needs to be thinner to be long and i think my beard's like the same way like my beard will turn into this like if i didn't shave it it would just be this thick like uh it's like bushily almost like um one of those egypt you know the egyptian um you feel like the egyptian oh yeah, yeah i know what you're talking of, about it's like just that yeah. straight out like i could probably do that if i like it took me like 10 years or something but i, yeah, just I, don't know. I think i could if i committed to it i think i could get a fits thing going but i don't know i, I kind of just like keeping it somewhat somewhat trim well and we bring this up because ryan wilson our colleague has um Tweeted out as photoshopped and tweeted out a picture. Congrats to Ryan Fitzpatrick on a great career. No surprise that John Breach cherished the Bengals. His Bengals years the most. Um, ESPN did a timeline of Fitz's face for all of his teams that he played for. All, um, what, uh, nine of them? And uh, Wilson went in and photographed my face into Ryan Fitzpatrick's Bengals <laughs> headshot. And frankly, it, it like, you can't, like, I clicked on it, it was like, yeah, it's, oh my god why am I, I i was like i thought espn had messed up and it like somehow grabbed my photo instead of ryan fitzpatrick's photo which would just be incredible it's an unreal photoshop like is wilson that good at photos like is he yeah, good? Wilson's pretty good he's no. pretty i mean yeah like i mean it is a really good photoshop i think it took him a while to do it yeah or yeah. it's just that easy to sub out my face with ryan fitzpatrick's face one of the two yeah, just to squeeze it all in. I mean, you're right next to the when you're right next to the rookie year Rams, where it, it looks like you know Tom Brady when he first came out, just like that pudgy face for Fitzpatrick. You, you had a glow up going from that what then St. Louis to Cincinnati. Yeah, I think the only problem is that like the 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 Bills Ryan Fitzpatrick sort of gives it away. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. not him. Like if it went from Bengals to Titans, and you can see this at Ryan Wilson CBS uh, on Twitter. Like you would totally believe 
that I was Ryan Fitzpatrick. Although somebody did point out, like, the Bengals are so messed up, they screwed up Ryan Fitzpatrick's bone structure. <laughs> but the other thing, too, is, like, the facial hair, too, because you kind of got, like, a shadow going on in that photo. And yeah. if it was, if it went from That's what I'm saying. If the you Titans. The, if you need to skip the bills, and then you would believe the, the, <laughs> the birth of the beard. But instead, it kind of throws it away. Gotta give, gotta give it to Wilson. That's a great Photoshop. Great Photoshop. Great job, Wilson. Keep it up. Um, let's keep up with our win totals. We'll dive into the NFC North. And as soon as I can find the email, that I, there we go. We'll start, of course, at the Packers because they have a win total that's two higher than anybody else. After going 13 and four last season, which now means they went 13 and three, 13 and three, 13 and four in Matt LaFleur's three seasons uh, under the, you know, running the team. Of course, lost Devontae Adams in a trade this offseason. Marcus Valdez-Scantling also signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. Zedarius Smith was released for cap reasons um, inside with Minnesota. And then Economy St. Brown also left. So a total just departure of the wide receiver core. They added Sammy Watkins and Christian Wilkins. Sammy Watkins in free agency, Christian Wilkins in the draft. Jerron Reed also added on a one-year deal to short the defensive line. They're over under Sully is 11 they open up at Minnesota versus Chicago at Tampa Bay versus the Patriots. I, I don't see any real reason why they wouldn't go. I mean, two and two would kind of be a two and two is possible with those road games. I think three and one is probably what I would project. But then with home games against the Jets and the Giants, uh, or Giants and Jets, excuse me, after that, I think worst case is they're going to be four and two after about six weeks. Um, and then you still have two games against the Lions. You do have to play the Bills, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Rams, but th there's enough on here where it's hard to imagine the Packers not winning the uh, NFC North fairly handily, even with the loss of Adams. Yeah, I'm with you. And again, like like you said, that's the biggest story. How is this wide receiver unit going to look? How is Rodgers going to be able to mesh with these guys out of the year? That's why I'm a little bit concerned about that first game week one in Minnesota. I think that that's a sneaky possible loss there for them. Yeah. But even if you account that, I mean, I see mate, like like five games on their schedule that that proved to be really difficult. Obviously, I think that that game just getting everybody together is going to be difficult. But then you go to Tampa, you go to Buffalo, you go to Philadelphia, which I think is going to be difficult uh, towards the end of the year. And then you're hosting the Los Angeles Rams. That is after a bye for them. So they do catch a little bit of a break going up against the defending champs. But those games there, those are going to be difficult. Those, I could see, even if you chalk those up, though, to five losses, you're still hitting the over on this. So I do like them. Yeah, so I've got, um, like I said, four and two after six weeks. I think they'll beat Washington, lose to Buffalo. I think Rodgers will still own Detroit. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I've got, uh, that's what, uh, six and three. I'll give them a win against Dallas at home. It'd be a tough game, but, um, and then a win against uh, Tennessee as well. So I've got uh, through eight through eleven weeks, eight and three. I'm going to give them a loss at Philadelphia, but a win at Chicago. Yep. So we're at nine and four heading into the Week 14 bye, which means you just have to beat two of the Rams at home, Dolphins on the road, Vikings at home, Lions at home. Which you're probably going three and one there. To push right, yeah, should go three and one there. The one problem would be locked into a seed. Don't play anybody against the Lions, but it's at home still could win anyway. So yeah. Um, yeah, and they, mean, do, I, they do catch a couple of breaks here too. I mean, like, like I said, you get the Rams coming off the bye, but also you're going to London to face the giants. Oh, you're, good coming, call. you're coming back from that. You're facing the jets. It's not like you have this crazy juggernaut that's sitting in, back in the States waiting. But though, and you're, you don't have your buyer to coming back from London, right? No, you don't. Yeah. 
sorry, the at-home game versus the Giants is uh, in London. Good catch. Um, like they could easily go into Philadelphia and win. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, for sure. I for mean, sure. they could go. Look, they could go into Buffalo or go into Tampa and win. But it's just you have to sort of, you know, weigh. Like yeah. it may even come down to that game at Minnesota. They win that, and they should cruise over this win total fairly easily. Like I think they're a thirteen-win team again, um, and I would not want to get in front of Aaron Rodgers, even with the loss of Devontae Adams. So I will take the over on this game. Well, even their record without Adams, I mean, that's been highly publicized too. It's been it's been great. I mean, Rodgers, his numbers are good without Adams. Again, small sample size, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, if not the best wide receiver in the NFL. So I don't want to make light of it, but at the same time, no, I mean, are, he's been great talking about us. Back to back MVP. Yeah. Um, thank you to Dominic in the chat who has, points out that I sounded sick with breach yesterday. Yes. Are you, are you sick? Are you, where are you? Where are you at? Uh, I'm not sick now. That's good. I lost my voice. I thought I was going to lose my voice. I was at a concert last night, and I'm like, oh, well, who'd you go see? Uh, I saw Ringo. Uh, Ringo Starr. Oh, nice. Yeah. I was at um, I was at a concert too for two nights. There you go. So. Uh, band oh there you go yeah my guys i like it i did anyway <laughs> um yeah so my voice is shot <laughs> i'll be back monday um all right let's move on to the minnesota vikings they had a pretty you know change word change heavy offseason because they had a new general manager a new front i mean a new see a whole new front office and a new coaching staff. As we mentioned, they added Darius Smith in free agency and a big deal to the Packers released him. Should at least get two revenge games out of him. Jordan Hicks also signed uh, from Arizona. Harrison Phillips as well. Some nice additions on the defensive side of the ball there. Um, they lost Tyler Conklin, you know, uh, Michael Pearson. Of course, they have a new coaching staff with Kevin O'Connell replacing Mike Zimmer. Kirk Cousins also got an extension. I think it's pretty tough to, like, like it's tough to get a grasp on what the Vikings will be, right? Yeah. Because Zimmer's been there so long. Now the defense has not been good for the last few years. Some people will argue that because like like that the defense could get better because they're healthier. I think the loss of Zimmer is going to make the defense worse. Like I, yeah. I don't care what you think about Mike Zimmer; he's a really good defensive coach, and losing him is going to be problematic. Um, I mean, look, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong; like they could be. Yeah, they could. I mean, if the defense is good, I mean, it's not, it's not outrageous because they have some nice personnel. But I mean, like Ed Donatel is not exactly like you know Wade Phillips here, or, you know, somebody who's noted for coming in and like fixing defenses. The offense I would expect would be better, and they'll probably utilize Dalvin Cook more in the passing game. He's that's what he sort of mentioned, but you know, not exactly an easy. Although I guess you get the. I mean. I guess it depends. They, you know, they opened the Packers at home and then at the Eagles, like zero and two is. They're probably not favored in either of those games. No, no. I mean, you really got to, again, right after that, really capitalize when you have the Lions, Saints, Bears, and even Dolphins before the bye. That's that's where you're going to start to stack up wins to feel really confident. And if you, all of a sudden you're you're hovering around like 500 at the bye there in, what is that, week seven, you're starting to have some worries there. I mean, you know, I think that is, is DeAndre Hopkins going to be back for that game with the Cardinals? What is that, week eight? Yeah, he'll be back for week eight, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, that's that's – not so you got yeah, like all right. So you got the Packers and the Eagles. Let's say you go. Let's just say you go one and one because we get the Packers are lost there. Yep, yep, sure, sure. Um, I think you beat the Lions at home, so you're two and one. I mean, I think losing at the Saints is probably you know two and two. Mm -hmm. 
And then I think you're probably split with the Bears and Dolphins too, since one's on, at home and on the road. So, I mean, three and three is not crazy. And we're no. giving you a win against the freaking Packers here. Right, right. So, right. Um, you come out, it's, you know, home against the Cardinals. That's a dogfight. At Washington, not an easy one. At Buffalo, I mean, it's probably a loss. I mean, that stretch beginning right there, really. At Buffalo, then you go to, da- then you're hosting Dallas, even hosting New England on Thanksgiving. Yep. Those won't be easy. And you've also got, you know, the Jets at home. That's probably a win. But then you're mm-hmm. at the Lions, Colts at home, Giants at home, and then at the Packers, which you would anticipate would be a loss before closing at the Bears, which Kirk Cousins just had trouble at Chicago. I don't think Chicago's going to be good this year. So, I mean, that's, you know, we'll we'll see. But um, if their win total is nine, whew, the over minus 125 after going eight and nine a year ago, I know they also added Lewis Seen and, and Andrew Booth on the defensive side of the ball, but man, I mean, I'm not. I just don't know where to go with this team. Like, not, I mean, nine and eight or eight and nine feels totally possible. Could they be a ten-win team and sneak into the playoffs? Yeah, for sure. As a wild card, wouldn't shock me at all. But, um, you know, I think they're definitely the second, definitely probably the second best team in this division. Mm-hmm. But I do worry that like the Lions might you know, take a little step forward, and all of a sudden, you know, you lose the possibility of getting those wins. You know, like we don't know what this coaching staff can, you know, we don't know how this coaching staff will operate. It could be great. Could be, you know, it could be TV. You know, who, like they're just very much a toss up to me. Yeah. And it's just tough when you look at the schedule, it's tough to see where they can stack up wins. You know, we, we just talked about the, the few weeks leading up to the bye, like, you know, lions saints at new Orleans will be difficult bears and, and dolphins. There's a chance there where you can pile up wins. But after that, like Commanders, then you get the Bills and the Cowboys and the Patriots, and you have the Jets and the Lions. Okay, maybe you could stack up a couple wins there, but then you're facing the Colts, then you face the Giants, and then it's the Packers. Like it's there's not a lot of room there to stack two, three wins every single week, or at least I don't think you're gonna be favored in multiple weeks going in going in a row. Yeah, I mean, really, the only stretch, like it depends. Like if they're good, you know, if they come out and start, you know, four and two. Or five and one, then they're going to be favored in more of those games after the bye. You know, like, but I mean, man, five. I mean, five and one would be a shocker going into that week seven bye. I think three and three is much more likely. Four and two, it, again, entirely possible. You know, you beat, you know, hold serve at home, and then you know, win one at New Orleans or at Miami, and you're you're right there. But or at Philly, I guess. I mean, it's just it, there's a lot of like. It, just, we just don't know how good this team is going to be. I think the offense can be great. I don't. If the defense is above average or above average, then the Vikings are really a playoff team. If the defense stinks, it's just going to be tough to overcome. It feels like it could be a lot like last year, where they're just in these crazy games, and you know, you would think O'Connell will open the offense up a little bit more than Zimmer would, or at least keep his foot on the gas, not try to play in these close, crazy games. Uh, you know, but like I said, it's just, it's just like kind of a mystery team. I would not. I don't know. I don't. I don't think I would want to take the under, but I don't think I want to take the over either. Like, well, let me let me tell you this, or let me ask you this: If they get ten wins, if they if they go over this number, if they're ten and seven, are they making the playoffs in an oh, NFC? Yeah. In the NFC, yeah. And Kevin so, O'Connell's probably a coach of the year candidate. So you're probably better off, you know, because again, this is minus one twenty five. You're better off at. I had this number yesterday. You're plus one hundred five to make the playoffs for the Vikings. Yeah, much, I like that. If, you, if you like the over on this. There's more value in to just say make or miss playoffs, make playoffs plus 105. In fact, because nine and eight could even make the playoffs in theory in the NFC. So you yeah. could avoid the push 
by saying by going to bet one of five to make the playoffs and you have multiple paths to get there, right? Like you have three wild card spots and a division spot, even though you know that's a pretty unrealistic um place to go. So yeah, I I would I think I like that a lot better. Good call. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break and we come back. The Bears and the Lions. Oh my next. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's impossible not to. I mean, again, I know, like, if you're watching on YouTube, we just had a South Park commercial. It just blows my mind. Like, yeah, we had a Sonic the Hedgehog commercial and a Top Gun Maverick commercial. I mean, these are the best. It's awesome. Why would you not get Paramount Plus or just, like, you know, bow down to our Paramount Paramount Overlords. I enjoy it. Uh, yeah, if you're listening to the podcast, you have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. The Chicago Bears went 6-11 and 11 last year. They were the third-place team in the division. Their over-under is 6.5. Um, they have a number of additions, but none that like really get you – you know, gets you going. I mean, Byron Pringle and Equinomia St. Brown at the wide receiver position and Justin Jones, my boy from NC State, at the defensive tackle position. Um, after the Larry Ogunjobi signing did not work out, they lost Allen Robinson, Andy Dalton slash Nick Foles. They traded Khalil Mack. Tariq Cohen's been released. Eddie Goldman's been released. Akeem Hicks is gone as well. Danny Trevathan's been released. Um, you know, Marquise Goodwin, Jakeem Grant, Demir Bird, all wide receivers who are gone. I, I mean, I look at this team and think, these guys are not that interested in winning a ton of football games this year based on their transactional moves. I, I have major questions about what the Bears are trying to do with Justin Fields because this is just not how you would build around a franchise quarterback if you believe he's a franchise quarterback. Um, it may simply be a like bad timing of new regime drafts guy then still gets fired after one year. Excuse me, old regime drafts guy gets fired after one year. New regime comes in. Um, and it's like, look, before we can be a contender, we got to clean this up. And so they just decided to kind of, you know, completely reboot. They're going to have a totally new defense. Um, 
you know, they've been running the three, four for years. Uh, Matt Eberflus, you know, presumably going to run the four, three, in that zone four, three that he loves to run. Um, and I mean, <laughs> I mean, look, there's no reason this over under should be as high as six and a half in my opinion. No, not at all. Not even a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at three of your first five on the road. One of those games at home is the opener against San Francisco. You're, you're, and they're eight point dogs or whatever. Right. Yeah. right. So it's like, I don't know. Maybe, you know, you, you can, you're playing the Texans in week three. So you can hang your hat on possibly, you know, being, being a favorite there. But I could even see Houston beating you in that situation. Yeah. I mean, and then, and then you're talking about what? Like 0 I mean, and 5 to begin the year? I, I, I think we got to give them the Houston win. Yeah. So that gets you to. I, I, can we give them a win against Washington at home? I think that's not. Yeah. That's no, no, no. That's not out of the realm of possibility. All right. So six weeks in, we got them two and four. At New England loss, at Cowboys loss, it's two and six. Man, right here is where it might flip. It's like Dolphins at home, Lions at home, at Falcons, at Jets. They're not going to win all four of those. You we have a split there? Th- three and one is best case, I think. Three and one would be an incredible run for them. Yeah. All right, so let's go three and one. So now they're five and seven. Packers at home in week 13. I think that's a loss. And then Philly at home in week 15, I think that's a loss. Bills at home in week 16, I have that as a loss. So at Lions, home against Vikings. When you're five and, uh, what, five and ten? At very best, you're probably getting six wins. Yeah. So you're hitting the under here, for sure. And again, that's, that is top output. But from, you know, I think you kind of feel the same way I do about this Chicago team. I don't know if they're going to be scoring a lot of points here. I don't think they're going to be particularly very good. So kind first of. Year, first time, first year, first time offensive coordinator, Lou Getze. You know, like it's not an easy, either working. Now, on the other hand, you could argue that he might, you know, unlike Matt Nagy, design an offense that helps Justin Fields, but they still just don't have a ton of weapons. It's like Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney. Yeah, it's just, it, there's not a lot to write home about. Even when you have, uh, you know, David Montgomery in the backfield too, it's like, you know. I guess that, you know, there there are some pieces, but ultimately nothing that really impresses you. And, and kind of an alternate bet that I would be looking at here, if you don't find this, you know, super valuable for Chicago, is the lowest scoring offense in the NFL, plus Ooh. 700. That, to me, is something that I'm keeping an eye on. That's the third lowest odds. Seven to one? Yeah. How third lowest odds in the NFL. The lowest scoring offense? That's a good deal. And so they were the sixth fewest last year. And in the 10 games that Field started – they were averaging 16.8 points per game. That might, if they, and, and that is with like Allen Robinson and, and those guys obviously playing. So I, I think that that is a little, if you feel like I think we do, where this team isn't going to be particularly very good or not interested in being very good and they don't have a lot of weapons, that might be an area where I'm saying, okay, they might be the lowest scoring offense in the NFL, or at least it's conceivable. I think that that seven to one type of long shot is a little bit more juicy than than just this under win total. Uh Perkle Panda 55 in the chat says I really like Matt Eberflus. They really got the, they really got the best guy they could. I like Matt Eberflus too. For sure, yeah. I'm not saying he can't be good. I'm not I just don't think the way that they like they're not going to be able to stop anybody against a run. And maybe Roquan Smith is an unbelievable fit in this defense. It's entirely possible. We saw how well, you know, Darius Leonard did different physical you know, skill sets, but you know, similar statistical production for both those guys. It's just, man, it's like, I don't think that, I think that this new regime, Ryan Poles and, and Eberflus came in and was like, look, we can, we can make this work, but you guys are going to have to be patient and understand that 
this roster is not anywhere near competitive, despite you know maybe making the playoffs and then flirting with the you know flirting with the playoffs and you know being like sneaking. You don't want to sneak into the playoffs in the NFL. No. Like, you don't want to be this like you know fringe contending team that you know sneaks in the playoffs and gets blown you know blown out in a wild card game or you know needs like a double doink to win a wild card. You know, like I was gonna say they were that under Nagy towards the tail end where yeah. you know Trubisky went on that you know run and all of a sudden they're in the playoffs. But what does that really do you? Exactly. Like I just don't think that I think they're trying to build a base and they didn't have a first round pick, right? I mean, like it's just hard to it's just hard to you know, you can't flip a team around when you don't have a first. Then they used uh, the second round pick, Jaquan Brisker. They got a safety and Kyler Gordon. They had two second round picks um, after the Cleo Mack trade. So they shored up the defensive secondary. And, you know, Robert Quinn is a, was a bit, has been a great pass rusher. Jalen Johnson's a really good cornerback. Eddie Jackson has been good at times. Like, there's a chance his defense is closer to average than we think. I just don't see a path to the defense, to the offense being any good. Right. And that's where I'm paying attention a little bit more in terms of the, you know, the win total. Again, I'm going under, but I also have my eye on the lowest scoring offense in the NFL, seven to one. I just think, I think it's the Texans and the Falcons are the only two teams that have worse odds. And, you know, Texans could score. If Davis Mills is any good, there's more weapons around him than there is uh, Justin Fields right now. And, you know, I don't know what Atlanta will look like. So that might be the kind of wild card there to rival you if with Chicago. But ultimately, I think you'll be right there. Um, uh, I was looking. I was like, oh my! God. I was looking at high score. I was like, oh my god, the Seahawks are in the top five. No, the Seahawks are also eight to one. That's a okay good candidate to be the lowest scoring team yeah. as well. But I think the Bears' offense might take sort of a similar approach in that they know their personnel is limited. They're not going to run some up tempo like chuck it around. We got great weapons type of thing. I think they're going to want to run the football, be a little, you know, conservative with how they handle Justin Fields, and and to make sure that. You know, they don't, their defense isn't on the field for an extremely lengthy period of time because I think they believe they're probably going to win with defense. Like, I would expect yeah, – I mean, look at the Colts, right? Eberflus was there. I'm not saying he's going to follow Frank Reich, but I, I feel like it's going to be – like the Colts, you know, whether it was Rivers or you know, Wentz or, or now Matt Ryan, you don't expect this up-tempo bombs-away offense. It's going to be – I think the Bears want to be that as well, too. That would be my guess. So – yeah, I like the lowest scoring team. That that makes a ton of sense. Uh, and we love the under. It's, it's one of my favorite unders on, yeah. the, on the board. All right. The Detroit Lions. 3-14 and 14 last year, but it felt like they were much better than that. Absolutely. They're yeah. over under six wins. Over is minus 135. They picked up Gerard Davis, a former high draft pick uh, who was with the Lions and then went to New York and now is back with the Lions. Also had a DJ Chark in free agency trey flowers has gone as his cadero uh, hodge excuse me and you know like look this is again like the you know like the bears it's not a team that was they also had a james williams in the draft of course and, and aiden hutchinson so two blue chipper guys in a questionable draft uh, but maybe two guys who can impact this team early on i don't hate the lions roster no i like it much more than chicago way more than chicago like their defensive line is pretty good, right? I mean, if you like Lee McNeil and Aiden Hutchinson and Michael Brockers. I mean, there is potential here. Like you said, you know, they were, you know, well under 500 last year, but it didn't feel like it. And, you know, when you start looking at kind of the, the betting trends, they were 11 and six against the spread last year. Yeah. I mean, they were in a lot of these games. There was a lot of heartbreaks for them last year. They were playing hard under Dan Campbell. 
And so when you have you going into year two of that system, year two of Jared Goff being comfortable in that system, you're adding more pieces. There, there's a chance that they could surprise. I mean, you know, that's I don't know if they're winning the division or anything like that, but I could see them going over six wins here. I, I like him to go over six wins a lot, honestly. I mean, it's minus 135, too, so the juice is pretty high. But you look at the schedule, and they open up against the Eagles at home, three-and-a-half-point dogs. I mean, the Eagles blitzkrieged them last year. I'm sure everyone will pick the Eagles, but the Lions are, could be frisky, frisky in that game or friskier than they were before. You get Washington at home. I think, worst case, you split those two. At Minnesota, you know, give them a loss. Home against Seattle, I think that's probably a win. That's a win. At New England, you know, so you're, let's say you're two and three going to the bye. Cowboys on the road in week seven. That's yeah, fair to call that a loss. And then Dolphins, Packers at home. So that's one and one. So we got two and three and five, excuse me, after nine weeks. At the Bears could absolutely be a win. For sure. It's probably a little unfair to give them a sweep of the Bears. Like, I think we probably. Yeah, I guess that's true. But I, again, if we're both down on the Bears, you know, it's. It's not crazy. Like, no. It's not yeah. out of the realm possibility at all. And then at the Giants, I don't, I mean, like, that's a game they could win. Yep. Very um, winnable. Bills, not so much. Bills on Thanksgiving at home, not not very winnable. Jaguars and Vikings at home, again, you know, at the Jets, they can win. At the Panthers, they can win. Versus Chicago in Week 17, they can win. Like, there's there's a lot of winnable games for the Lions on this on this schedule. And, and unlike, I think it was um, the Vikings that we were talking about, there's a lot of wiggle room for them to kind of go on runs, too. You're talking about, you know, after that Minnesota game, which, again, conceivably could win that game, but you're facing a Jets team, a Panthers team, and Chicago team that we all think they should be better than or should be at least close or even, you know, if you're talking New York, maybe. I mean, there's, you know, you can go on a three-game winning streak pretty much to end the year outside of going to Lambeau in Week 18. Right. And even if Week 18 Lambeau, like, it's possible the Packers are sitting everybody. Yeah. Because they've clinched the two-seed or they've clinched the one-seed or – you know, they're just locked into whatever seed they are, and they don't need to play Detroit, or they don't need to play their stars against Detroit. And then if Detroit won, it just wouldn't be that crazy. So, right, especially, I think especially, is- especially if you have a team like, you know, like Tampa, who's in an extremely easy division, they might have a one seed already locked up. Packers, you know, can't even touch them. They're stuck in their ways. They have to sit back and just kind of rest their guys. It's totally possible. Right. I mean, it just wouldn't be that surprising at all. So, uh, big on, I, th- I think the, I mean, if I were, if I were picking two things out of here, it would be, or I guess our three bets. If we were, if we were probably consensus bets, Vikings make playoffs plus one and five lions over six, even though it's minus minus one thirty-five, and bears under six yeah. and a half. Absolutely. All seem like pretty good looks in terms of the NFC North. All right. That'll do it. I like it. Sully. Great stuff as always, buddy. Everyone enjoy their weekend. Get your voices back. Or go lose them again. Whatever. Do whatever you want. Uh, Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. For Sully, I'm Brinson. We will see you guys later. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving nonstop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.